So welcome to Mahita Talks. My name is Sherry Altergaard, the Chief Experience Officer of the CX Edge. Welcome to Mahita Talks. I could not think of a better first guest than Ms. Liz Richards, CEO of Mahita. I was fortunate enough to be introduced to Liz. I won't say how old I was, but I think it was back in 2005 or six. Um, and I've had the pleasure of working with Liz and her team over the course of my career. I look at Liz as one of my own mentors and I think it's super exciting that she's invested in doing this podcast and has agreed to be our first interviewee. So welcome, Liz. Thank you, Sherry. And I couldn't think of a better host for this new feature on Mahita TV and Mahita Talks. And it's been a real pleasure getting to know you over the years. And just this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Well, thank you. So let's just jump right in. We're trying to keep these sure. pretty succinct. I always find it interesting, I've talked to a lot of different colleges, as I know you have, and I don't think I've ever talked to a student that said, oh, I can't wait to go into the material handling industry. Um, we talk a lot about how it's the biggest industry that nobody's ever heard of. So I always like to ask people that have really dedicated their careers to this space, how did you get involved in material handling in the first place? Well, first of all, you're so right. I love the phrase, well, it's an unfortunate phrase, is that our industry is hidden in plain sight. It's everywhere and we wouldn't have all the products that we have if it wasn't for our industry. And it's, a, it's sort of a hidden gem. Um, and we hear the same thing when we talk to students. And that's one of the reasons why we like to bring them to the big trade shows and we like to bring them to conventions so we can introduce them to such a vibrant industry. But the way that I landed here 25 years ago, which is hard to believe, 1995, and it's all, it's all about networking. And the gentleman who had my position for a year before I started, I knew him from my previous job in the healthcare industry. And um, he was here for about six months and realized that it wasn't a great fit for him and knew about my skill set and said, come in and interview. And of course, I was like, some of those college students, I didn't know what the material handling industry was all about, but gave it a shot. And 25 years later, I couldn't have made a better decision. It's a fantastic industry. It's really great. That's awesome. So you didn't go to school thinking you were going to be a part of the material handling industry? No, no. <laughs> In fact, not only that, but even the association industry, because it's hard enough to explain what material handling is all about, let alone an association in the material handling industry. But yeah, I, I, had, I had no concept of it. And, um, but it's exciting and it's vibrant and some of the initiatives that we're doing to attract younger generations and um, inclusion of more females in the industry has been, it's been really, really exciting to see that all coming together. Well, good. Since you mentioned some of those points, I think we'll just jump into the next question. And it really is, tell us a little bit more about the advantages of being a Mahita member. If you can expand on even some of those things you just mentioned with women in the industry, certainly young professionals coming in. Um, myself, I've been involved with Mahita, I think, ever since we've met for over 18 years. And I've seen a lot of advantages for my career. But I think a lot of Mahita members might not take advantage of being a Mahita member as much as they could. Yeah, and it's hard to really explain to somebody all the different things that Mahita can offer to an individual. And it's unfortunate when sometimes people equate Mahita with the Mahita Convention because it's so much more than that. One of the one of the offerings that we actually just sent out to our members 
a couple of days ago is a quarterly economic forecast, and it's a three-year analysis of seven key markets in the industry, and that's a free service that we provide to our members. So anybody who's looking forward and really trying to plan and strategize for continued growth and understand where the potential obstacles are, challenges, opportunities, that's a really great service, free to members. Um, the Learning Management System is a newer program. It's a great way to provide professional development to anybody in an organization at a very affordable rate. Um, there's onboarding tools that are available. So a lot of the member companies, at least those that we hear from say, they don't really have a good structured onboarding program in place and you spend all this time and all this money, all these resources recruiting people, but then you wanna retain them and you wanna make them feel really welcome. So we have a template available to members for that. And then you mentioned, and I mentioned the emerging leaders and the women in industry. Um, the emerging leaders, we really started trying to attract the younger generation. One of our big concerns is you hear they're not joiners. Um, maybe the association was going to be at risk when the millennials joined um, the workforce. And we've really tried to um, create programming so that they have mentorships available to them and they have leadership training available to them and they're with like-minded people so they can create their own networks and their own peer groups. That has been really successful. And then same thing with women in the industry. When I first started, there were so few women in the industry, especially in leadership roles. And I mean, you're a great example. You're just a wonderful leader. Um, you're a great example to other women. Um, who may want to be in this industry, may want to grow in this industry. And what the Women in Industry Initiative really provides is, again, a way for professional development, career advancement, mentorship, meeting others who are like you. And it's a great industry for women because it's a problem-solving industry. And women are great problem solvers. They're great collaborators. And this is all about relationships in this industry. So I think that women have a really great opportunity here. So I, I hope that we can get more women involved. The last conference that we hosted, as you know, you were our MC. we had 140 women there. So how great is that? It's really grown. Yeah, that was so exciting to see and be a part of. And I can say, you know, being a part of Mahita from the beginning of my career throughout becoming in a leadership position at my last organization, you know, Mejita really has programs that hold the life cycle of your careers in material handling. So mm -hmm. if you're new to the industry, great resources to learn about the industry, be a part of different things and learn how to understand. But as you mature within your career in the material handling industry, Mejita also has a lot to offer through leadership development and ITR economics and different strategies that really provide a competitive advantage for those people in leadership positions within the material handling. So I think Nahida does a great job at really doing full scope throughout your career life cycle as long as you're in this space. So. That's, that's so true. And the thing that I also love about Mahita and uh, just the industry in general is people are willing to share. Everybody wants the industry to rise in its level of professionalism. And they do that by sharing articles in the magazine. We have the Ask the Board column. So if somebody's dealing with a particular issue and they'll either contact me or another member of the Mejita staff, we can pretty much immediately figure out who can help them. And they are always willing to help. It's just amazing to me. Like the board of directors of Mejita, 
they give so much time and resources of themselves to help others because it just raises the level of professionalism throughout the industry and you'd rather have an educated competitor than somebody who's competing on price, for example, but, mm -hmm. you know, really bringing value to the equation. That's what Mahita is all about. So this is our first podcast. It's the first time Mahita's really entered into something like that. What do you really hope to get from producing this podcast for your members? Well, kind of like I just said, it's going to be, as you know, Sherry, we sat down and we went through a bunch of different topics and immediately pinpointed different individuals who we know in the industry who are experts in that particular mm -hmm. field. And it's going to be members helping members, just what Mahita has been all about since 1954. So you know, whether you're dealing with a CRM issue or, you know, whatever the case may be, um, we're going to have an expert on the podcast that can help members get through whatever hurdle it might be. Yeah, and we've created this podcast to be so fluid that if there are members out there that want to see a specific topic that we haven't produced yet, they can always reach out to somebody on your team and tell us what they're looking to see. Absolutely. So you talked a little bit in the beginning of how you got into the industry, but then you've stayed in this industry for so long. And I think we see that story pretty often. You know, there's the joke of once you're in, you're never going to get out. Um, <laughs> but I think it's because people find a love for this industry and a passion for it. So what would you define as what you love most about this industry? Well, in my position, I mentioned the board of directors. So we have 10 directors and five executive committee members. And these are all leaders of organizations across North America. And to be able to work with each one of these individuals and understand their leadership style and the skills and the expertise that they bring and their willingness to help me grow and thrive, that has probably been the most rewarding part of Mejita. And they also give myself and the rest of the Mejita team a lot of opportunity to grow and expand the offering. So there's nothing's really off the table. Um, if we have an idea and we bring it up to them, if it's something that they feel would really benefit the membership, they kind of give us all systems go. They don't micromanage us and um, that part has been really rewarding as well. Every day is different. There's always something new. And I know that's true for the individuals who work in the trenches in the industry. You touch so many different customers and so many different industries that I think that's one of the reasons too why people just stay because it's always something new. You're always learning about a new industry. What makes the world go round? That's what, that's what material handling is all about. It's, it's fun, exciting. It's always different. Yeah, I totally agree. So I know that you do a lot of work with the board in strategic planning, really to help your members be able to identify, you know, current issues, upcoming future state issues within the industry of things they should plan for. Um, mm -hmm. If you had to pick what is the biggest issue that you feel is challenging for the material handling industry today, what would that be? Um, that would be workforce challenges. In fact, we just had, we, we do regional networking summits throughout the year and we were in um, South Carolina and we host those at member locations and we had a big crowd come out for that. A lot of corporate recruiters, a lot of HR people because the subject matter was all about the workforce challenges that everybody's facing today. And you're not only competing with others in the industry, but you're competing against other industries. And everybody has to be really creative 
and really understand how to blend different generations, how to provide flexible working conditions. And for those who might be considered quote unquote old school, they really need to figure out how to make that work. And it's not easy. I mean, we have it here at Mejita. We have very long-term employees. One person's been here for over 30 years. We have others who've only been here two years and their mindsets are different. Their ages are, you know, are very different. And we've had to work on really blending that. Um, and people with employment being so low, I mean, people have so many different opportunities now. You really, we talked about onboarding, you really have to make sure that people feel valued and that they feel like they're really contributing to the company and they want to understand where they're contributing. You know, what, that's what makes them really feel rewarded. Some of the other things that we've done, and we always do this with all of our Mejita events, are give back. So um, we packed kits for um, the Children's Hospital. A lot of the younger generation is really looking for that as well. So all of that is kind of blended together in these workforce challenges. And right now, business is so busy that in some cases, I've heard this from more than one member, they can't keep up because they can't hire enough people to keep up with what they need to do. So that's a real challenge. So I think a lot of the issues you spoke come down to leadership, leadership within the organizations. Mm -hmm. And leadership is changing, especially as the generations change and you have to learn how to kind of manage that. How would you describe your leadership style? Um, well, it's kind of funny because we just went through an organizational assessment. So we all did our individual assessments and then we did an organizational assessment and mine was a futuristic pioneer, <laughs> which has some traits of, it's called relentless destroyer, which wow. is kind of bad. But what I was really happy about, when, so there's 11 of us that work at the Mejita office, we're all over the board, which is really great because then we all kind of blend together and we have some good checks and balances. So I'm not out there destroying Mejita every day. Um, and then there's others that, that are a little bit more um, focused on um, being more loyal to the organization and guiding the org organization. So we have a real blend. but. Um, I would say I am a pretty open individual. I very much believe in collaboration. Um, that was my big thing when I first started at Mejita, that, hey, we're all in this together. Every idea needs to be put on the table. And that's how we've really been able to grow the organization, because every idea is a good idea. Everything is considered. Um, I'm a yes and person, not, not, a, you know, not a but. And um, we all make it work. But the bottom line is we all realize that Mejita belongs to the members. Mejita doesn't belong to us. This isn't a for-profit entity where, you know, it's my money on the line. So we really make sure that we always put the members first and whatever's good for the members is what's gonna be good for us as a team. And I think that mentality has helped you guys get through and really commit to the initiatives you've put out there. It's always been very impressive with such a small, relatively small team of 11 people to mm -hmm. put on something like the convention or other things that you guys do. Everybody has to really be working towards the same goal. Yeah, yeah. We, and the strategic planning process has been, I often refer to it as our organizational engine. It's what makes Mejita tick. That's a homegrown process, and it was developed at the board level back in the year 2000. 
and um, it has really just helped Mejita really grow and thrive. It, it's not a, a binder that sits on a shelf, but it's a, it's a living, breathing process. And it's very open book, it's very transparent. And once we identify what those critical impact factors or business trends are, we build all of our programming around that. So everybody knows why we're working on a certain initiative because it all boils back to the, the annual strategic planning process. Mm -hmm. So just staying on the topic of leadership, you know, one part that I don't think people talk about enough, and it's a very real element of leadership, is dealing with criticism. I think whenever you're in any type of position of power, you have to be able to deal with some level of criticism because the reality is you're not going to make everybody happy at once. You not only have a team of people, but you have a board and you have all of the members. Um, so I would assume that somewhere in there, there's some level of criticism. How do you say that you deal with criticism effectively? Well, it's funny when, when I realized you were going to ask me that question, I thought, I hate criticism. <laughs> No, um, I actually asked somebody here on Mahita's staff, how do you think I deal with criticism? And um, she said, you, you deal with it by addressing it, which I thought, well, that's pretty good. I, hopefully she's not just, you know, trying to make <laughs> me feel good. But, um, I, you know, that is exactly what I do. And I always, always ask for feedback. Um, in every column that I write, we ask for critiques after every program that we do. And if there is something negative that we hear, of course, we're not happy about it, but that is definitely something that we want to address. It's the only way that we can continuously improve. And I do every year, whoever my chairman is, gives me a performance review and they take it very seriously. It's got to be kind of difficult for some of some of these past chairmen because they've only worked with me in that capacity for a year and it's not a typical employee employer relationship. So it's a little bit um, probably uncomfortable in some situations, but with very frank, open communication, and um, it, it's helped me grow. It's really helped me grow. In fact, one of the best pieces of advice that I ever got, and this was Gary Moore, he was president in 1998, and it was actually before he became chairman, or back then the title was president, was to join Toastmasters. One of the best things I ever did. Yeah, I've done Toastmasters. It is a great organization. I think for anybody, just if you don't know, Toastmasters really helps you with public speaking um, as well as improvisational skills. It's a great organization. Mm -hmm. And I love that you mentioned feedback because I think especially in leadership roles, you don't get as much feedback as maybe in other roles within the organization. Because um, sometimes people are afraid to give you feedback mm -hmm. or uncomfortable giving you feedback. So I think that openness is really great. And yeah, definitely. And another thing that we did last year, so um, we used the, the DISC profile to come up with our personalities, everyone here who works here, and then we did one-on-one -on -one interviews with each other to determine where our differences lie and where our similarities are. So it just breeds more collaboration and, and communication and openness with one another, which is really important. And now we're going to carry that to a new level this year and talk about the fundamentals and the values that we hold dear as an organization, the non-negotiables. So that's, that's important too, because people want to grow and learn and develop. And the only way you can do that is by being open and, and being willing to hear maybe some uncomfortable things about yourself. That's awesome. 
So um, we're going to do one last question, and then we're going to go to our lightning round. So okay. it's kind of a closing question. What advice do you have for young professionals within this industry? Um, find somebody who will be a good sounding board for you, um, somebody who you can learn from, a mentor. I hate to always throw that word around. It's a little bit of a buzzword. But for me, I have been so fortunate because every board member that I've ever worked with has become a mentor to me. And if you have the ability to pick up the phone and call someone or meet someone for lunch and have them be really frank with you and help you and um, give you some guidance on different ways that, that they can help you to grow, to me, that's the most number one important key to success. And Mahita can help you find a mentor if you're really struggling to do that to some Absolutely. degree, right? Absolutely. Well, good. So now we get to the lightning round. So Liz has not that seen these questions. What's these what, are fun yeah. questions, the short answers. Oh, no. So start off easy. We don't want to put you too much on the spot. So I'll okay. start off easy. What's your favorite color? Blue. What's the favorite app that you use on your phone? Probably Retail Me Not. <laughs> I do love that. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> If you could go back in time, what period of time would you go to? Oh, so I have an affinity for the Tudor age in England, which was like Henry VIII and Queen Elizabeth. I would love to go back then, but I'd probably have to keep my mouth shut because I would end up getting... <laughs> it's not a great period of time for women in history. Oh, uh, look at Queen Elizabeth. She was yeah. great. <laughs> um, being, I know you're not from Chicago originally, but you've been in the Chicago area for a long time. Do you like thin crust or deep dish pizza better? Uh, absolutely, no question. New York style thin crust is the only way to go. I grew up in New Jersey. My husband's a Chicago native and we fight about this all the time. I have yet <laughs> to find good New York style pie cut who eats pizza in squares? Pizza should be cut in a pie. That's why it's called a pie cut or pie. <laughs> Definitely thin crust. No question. But pie cut, but pie cut. Plus, well, in New York, you're only going to get pie cut right. pizza. What do you think a person needs to be happy? Um, they first have to be happy with themselves. What's your favorite thing to drink? Um, tequila. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that. That's, that's a good answer. Yeah, yeah. you'll see it again. <laughs> Would you rather ask for permission or beg for forgiveness? Um, I don't like to beg, but I generally would rather ask for forgiveness. I think I've seen that one too. Yeah. Um, what would you say your number one guilty pleasure is? Um, tequila, no. <laughs> um, Guilty pleasure would be watching bad TV, like Bravo TV. So I'll record all those housewives and it's just totally mindless for mindless me. So stuff. that'd be my guilty pleasure. If you're on a plane for more than four hours, do you put your seat back? Most of the time. It depends. If there's a really tall person behind me, then I won't put my seat back. But I tend to have neck problems, probably just because I have bad posture. So <laughs> it helps if I put my seat back. But I have really short legs, so I don't mind if someone puts their seat back in front of me. And last one, who would you say inspires you? You. <laughs> no, really, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, really, you. 
<laughs> I give you so much credit. Honestly, I mean, what you're doing with your company and the ideas that you have and you're always up for a challenge. You're very inspirational, Sherry. Anybody would be lucky to have you as a mentor. Oh, well, I appreciate that, Liz. And we didn't even have to pay you to say that. So, thank you. <laughs> um, so that brings us to the end of our interview today. Thank you for taking the time to do this. If you didn't know, now you know in the world, words of Biggie Smalls. And so we hope to see you next time on Mahita Talk. Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity.